0: Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so has been written by the prophet, and you Bethlehem in the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time and they melt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. We find ourselves this Sunday in the second Sunday of the Christmas season, one of the benefits of practicing and celebrating Christmas, especially in the liturgical way versus the secular way, is we get to experience these extended 12 days of Christmas. These 12 days mark the time between Christ's birth and Epiphany, which will be this coming Wednesday the 6th. Today, we actually hear the reading for the Feast of the Epiphany The 12 days marking the time it takes for these characters, we'll start with calling them, as they travel to meet the Christ child. Now, I'm avoiding saying these three kings, or wise men, or even saying three, because there's a lot we assume is in this gospel that's actually not. Epiphany is a great time to examine what we think is in the scripture and actually see what is written in the scripture. Matthew is the only gospel where we encounter the story of the characters we commonly refer to as the three wise men or the three kings. But if we actually read the scripture without hearing the music playing in our heads and seeing the nativity scenes that we're used to seeing, here's what we will notice. Nowhere does it say that there are three of them. There are three gifts, but we are not told how many travelers there are. We assume there are three and have put this number on them so much so that I think most of us would assume that's what the scripture says. I mean, there's a whole song about it, right? We three kings. Also, these are not kings. In fact, we have not the greatest translation of this scripture in our gospel today from the new Revised Standard Version that our lectionary comes from. Our lectionary translates them as the wise men, but that's not really all that accurate. Wise is a big leap. In fact, these are the magi. That's the most accurate way to refer to whatever number of people they are. And frankly, we don't even know if they're really all men. So the magi, which literally translates to magicians. They are part of the Zoroastrian belief system, the Zoroastrian faith. They are Zoroastrian priests. They are part of the first monotheistic faith that exists, which is a radical idea in the day and age in which uh, Judaism came about. And Zoroastrian has been a major influence in both Judaism and in Christianity. And these are astrologers, astronomers, people who watch the skies. They do not conform to the practices that most people participate in, in which to be followers of God. So, It's been over the centuries that they have turned from some unnumbered, ungendered group of people who are the magi to being the three kings that we commonly talk about, or the three wise men. And they travel and have this great moment of stopping and asking for directions. They came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who's been born king of the Jews? In the Gospel of Matthew, we're being set up here with this language. They are asking about the king of the Jews, and we had just heard about King Herod. As Amy Jill Levine, one of my favorite theologians, a Jewish scholar of the New Testament, states, we're being set up to see these dual kings, King Herod versus the king of the Jews. Which of these kings is the one who rules? The three magi then are certainly not meant to be called kings in this story, or the unnumbered, I fall into it, the unnumbered group of travelers. Because we're so indoctrinated in our beliefs, especially around the advent story and the nativity story about what we have created through the beautiful nativity sets I bet you all have sitting in your homes, or the pageants we have watched, or the hymns that we sing is created a scene that is beyond what our scripture tells us. The magi appear in this gospel, but not in Luke's. The shepherds appear in Luke's, but not in Matthew. The magnificat and the Annunciation to Mary happens in Luke, but not in Matthew. In Matthew, it's Joseph who speaks to an angel. The scene that we put together is bits and pieces of all of these stories and histories that come together. They come together on the feast day, which we are looking forward to and in many ways celebrating today, which is Epiphany, where the Magi, whoever they are, follow a star to find Jesus. Now, we sent you all these packets, or I say we, and I mean Katya and Juline, because they're the, the hard workers of our team. I have not opened mine yet, I'll say, Katya and Julene, this would have been a great moment to really uh, mess with me. And we'll see what star words. So I invite you to open your packet if you have them. For as the Magi followed a star to Jesus, I am inviting you all to follow a star this year. Oh, There's a second layer. If you opened it, And you saw this, maybe it made you think, hmm, maybe I shouldn't open this. And Katya says, someone might have a baby Jesus in their packet too. Do you all have your stars? Can you hold them up? Does anyone have baby Jesus? I don't see anyone waving us down saying they have baby Jesus. We'll find baby Jesus eventually. Mary Mary has has baby Jesus. Mary Craft has baby Jesus. The right name. (laughs) The traditions around Epiphany are so much more fun celebrated in person, but we're bringing some of that practice to us here today. One of the practices of celebrating Epiphany is the baby Jesus as Mary holds up which is usually baked into some sort of cake oh, to be right. eaten <laughs> by those who gather. Mary, you have the great joy of baking next year's king cake because <laughs> God willing, we will be vaccinated and back together come that day. You know, that's interesting because I've, uh, I have never done that. It's always been Marilyn O'Neill and Bobby Morris and other people have make, baked that cake the tradition moves along then i will <laughs> i've always hosted it or hosted <laughs> it for many many years we called it the epiphany party and today we get to have our virtual epiphany party sharing yeah. our words and living into pardon me while i take off my ear pods but are just not wanting to stay in this morning can you all hear me okay yes what i love about the story of the magi and why i love doing star words and sending these out which normally we would have in a basket to pass around the sanctuary for you to each pull and take one blindly is to live into the mystery and the wonder of the following of this star now, there have been many attempts to explain exactly what this star is. There have been descriptions of comets, of planets coming close together, such as the event we had a few weeks ago that none of us saw because I'm pretty sure it was cloudy and rainy, and perhaps even snowing that night. For all the attempts to give an explanation, to what it was, the story we're given defies explanation. The star is not meant to be the literal star out in space that the Magi used to find Jesus. That's not how these particular stars work to travel and move over this one house. Instead, this star is a metaphor for the divine being For the incarnation of God leading and drawing the magi to find the king of the Jews. So too, we are invited to be led without much direction sometimes. And the star words are one way in which I invite us and myself into being led in new ways. I have been given the word complete, which doesn't feel like any part of my life. Each of us has a word. Maybe you're sharing a word as a couple or a family. To see where God may be leading you or how you may be being led towards God. The Magi are these wondrous characters. They defy description because there's very little we actually know about them and yet they become these characters we want to know more about so much so that we have given them throughout the history of Christianity names and identities and personalities and characters and numbered them and put them in our manger scenes. But we are all in many ways like the magi seeking to find Christ, seeking to know Christ, and perhaps being changed by our encounter of Christ. I wonder how the Magi were changed as they encountered Mary and Jesus. I wonder how we are being changed this season by the encounters of Christ that we have had. And I wonder where that will lead us to. A great line within our gospel is the end. The Magi, having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, left for their own country by another road. The imagery there of the Magi traveling is one that has been captured and spoken about by many theologians. Again, Amy Jill Levine talks About how once you've encountered Christ, you cannot go back the same way that you were going before. Perhaps each of us, too, has been changed and is heading down paths that we do not know or have not traveled before. Perhaps our stars will lead us down unexpected paths. Perhaps our paths are leading us to exactly where we already are. If that is the case, if you continue to look in your packets, you will see a piece of chalk. Part of the blessing of Epiphany is to bless our own homes, which is particularly appropriate this year, the place where we find ourselves perhaps the place our stars have been leading us, a place that is blessed and a place where we encounter God. We bless our homes on epiphany. And this year more than ever, I believe we are in need of that. It is so easy to get trapped into the belief that Christ is somewhere else for us to find rather than to discover within our own homes. And perhaps this year more than ever, we need to re-examine and redefine our own homes and dwellings to be places filled with God's presence, God's companionship, and God's light. The season of Christmas is one that allows us to linger within the birth of Christ, to linger within Christ's presence and to draw that into every space in which we inhabit. As we journey over the last several days of this season, as we encounter epiphany with the Magi, as we encounter our own words, our own guidings into this year, perhaps we may find Christ is dwelling where we are and may find ways in which to capture and live into that presence now more than ever. The season of Epiphany is often used around metaphors of the light of Christ, which I preached about last week as being something I'm somewhat uncomfortable with. But the brilliance of Christ, that presence that is overwhelming, I hope may fill us not just today and not just on Epiphany, but throughout this season after Epiphany a time in which we get to live into this knowledge of Christ's birth and into his incarnation as man to journey with us and companion us now and always. Amen.